Hey, hello, grandkids, and welcome to Stunt Granny Audio 911. This is Kevin DeFrango. On the other end is Chris Calamita. What is up, good sir? Not a heck of a lot, Kevin. How are you? How was the How was the holiday? Uh, the holiday was a little uh, a little crazier than expected. Uh, the wife fell ill, uh, so that uh, that made things uh, quite different from what they were supposed to be. Um, but everything ended up working out, and I did get to uh, see everyone. The wife is not too terribly sick, and uh, thankfully felt better today, uh, finally. Uh, so, uh, things did not go as expected, but again, uh, went pretty well. How about yourself, sir? Um, nothing too much happened. Like, everyone in this house got sick last week, and so it was kind of a scaled-down thing. Um, but yesterday we were, we were feeling better. We actually, because my brother's kids were at their mom's, and we still didn't really have anything to, to make or to or didn't feel like doing anything big. We <laughs> we actually went to a, a, a bar that was open and had beer, uh, pizza, and chicken and 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 buffalo wings. That sounds like a fantastic uh, Christmas meal to me. It really was. I'm like, I, I, I didn't have to pretend to like something, I, anything I didn't. Just <laughs> 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 to, to, to save anyone else's feelings. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, it, it it is kind of interesting. This is the first time that I can recall in uh, the 900-plus shows that, uh, that we've done here on this uh, website. Of us actually doing a top five uh, at the end of the year. It, yes. It, we, uh, it, we, go ahead. At a minimum, it has been ages since this happened. Yeah, I mean, this was the year that we decided not to do any new programming. <laughs> um, the week of... Uh, the week of Christmas, although I'm, no. not, I'm not sure if NXT's new right now. I'm actually not even sure if NXT's new right now or not. <laughs> it, it might actually be, but, oh. uh, you know, no, no regular Raw. SmackDown was a tape show, not much happening. AEW, not much happening. So it was a good time to think, you know, think, about, uh, think about that inside the box a little bit and do our own little version of an awards show. Uh, yeah, and, uh, we're gonna be presenting each, uh, a, a top, we, we mapped out six categories, uh, and I believe we're starting with, uh, best storyline, uh, and then probably moving to best tag team, best pay-per-view, I think, is the next way to go, and then best, uh, f- uh woman wrestler, best male wrestler, Ending on match of the year, uh, so uh, we did a, a very short list of five because, holy shit, this could still take a long time. <laughs> so, do you want to uh, kick things off, Chris? Uh, after sure, after I that explainer, off. my storyline of the year, uh, my number five pick was Mox versus Hangman. Uh, now I know the. The feud had very similar beats to the Hangman Swerve feud later in the year, and yes, I think that the from what I've seen, the Hangman Swerve match, Texas Death Match, was better than the Texas Death Matches. But I just really liked that Mox and Hangman was just a fight between two guys who just wanted to hurt each other. It, it wasn't anything more complicated than that. 
No. Um, which they got away from it just being Mox versus Hangman and the factions got involved. I did not like that as much. But the stuff with, where it was one-on-one, Mox and Hangman having three matches against each other, you know, increasing in violence along the way, the promos they cut on each other, I, I really, really enjoyed that. That was probably my AEW highlight of the year for 2023. And then my number four pick is uh, all the drama in damage control. I think they've done an excellent job. Uh, we talk about every no. week, you know, setting the table for uh, Bailey's eventual booting out of the group and, and face turn. Uh, you know, it's still simmering as we speak. Probably won't come to fruition until 20, obviously won't come into fruition until 2024. But what they did with damage control and all that drama, I think was, was very, very good. My next storyline would be Drew McIntyre's heel, heel turn. I think that it's been very, very well handled, you know, doing it very subtle at first, slowly doing it, you know, even still the point where he's still like, I'm an, I'm, a, I, I'm still a good guy. It's everyone else. Everyone else sucks, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I, I've always loved uh, people feels like that. Um, so, yeah, and once again, that's something that's going to play out in 2024. My top two storylines of the year really were begun in 2022, really. But you know they they came to they came they came to their fruition and climax in 2023. Uh, number two for me was Rey Mysterio versus versus Dominic. Uh, I thought that everything they did with that was tremendous. The skits, the, the house, good uh, the gravy stuff. It's it, it's almost hard to believe on that one that that happened at this year's WrestleMania. It really is. It, it really is. It, it, it happened. They played it off. You know, perfectly with you know Ray never laying a hand on da- Dominic until like two weeks before WrestleMania, and then then not wrestling each other until WrestleMania. I think after WrestleMania kind of petered out a little bit. They, st- they did some stuff here and there, but they never really, you know, WrestleMania really was the blow off. I mean, Ray spanked it with a belt and then beat him. You know, so I mean, there really yeah. wasn't much place much else to go. But, but it's, they still carried it over into the next month into Backlash and. And the stuff with Bad Bunny. So, you know, it's again, it was all, yeah, it, it was excellent. And it was, it was the kind of slow burn thing that Vince McMahon had not become, had not been known, you know, aging Vince McMahon had not been known for. And, and they really, they really nailed it. And then storyline of the year, the entire Bloodline saga. From the, the drama surrounding Sami Zayn to, you know, Sami Zayn, you know, finally having enough of, the bloodline and, and, and hitting Roman Reigns with a chair to you know, Roman, Roman and Sammy wrestling each other at Elimination Chamber to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn finally reuniting to them defeating the, the Usos at WrestleMania to all of the all, all of the ascension with the Usos leading to the Usos breaking off from Roman Reigns and beating Roman and Solo at, at Money in the Bank with, uh, with Jay pinning Roman and then the build to SummerSlam fell apart after SummerSlam in some in in, in, in many ways, but no, but that's we're, we're talking an eight month run of <laughs> uh, um, just some of the the best uh, you know written stuff in, in, in wrestling in a very long time. Uh, yeah, that one uh, definitely has a uh, a commonality. Although I almost feel like uh, in some ways. Uh, Three of uh, of my uh, five topics are all kind of rolled up into that topic. 
Well, yes, you could absolutely <laughs> separate them. <laughs> yes. But, but at least go, go ahead. Uh, well, like I said, uh, to kick things off, I will admit I went a little more liberal with uh, the, the storyline thing and thinking... <sighs> I know this is more of a news story, but my number five was the WWE sale to Endeavor. And to me, that was uh, on the list because it has made it a a clear dividing line with uh, Triple H firmly in charge of creative now, which to me has affected pretty much everything the WWE is doing as far as an on-air product. So, um, but kind of connected in uh, after that, number four, uh, the bloodline having lost is, is one of those things that there's a, a, there's a hole in the armor now, at least a little bit, uh, going on there now they've covered it up some in the meantime but there still is um the uh, proverbial achilles heel i feel like with the bloodline here and um judgment day rising is on the list for me like that is one where when you mentioned the whole uh thing with Dominic Mysterio and Ray taking place at WrestleMania. Like I looked through all the pay-per-views uh, or premium live events for, uh, for the WWE and then the pay-per-views for AEW. And that was something that I kind of blew through as far as the topic went. But the, I guess I feel like judgment day has been so all over the place pretty much since that WrestleMania that it was more of a topic for me than uh, the Ray and Dominic part of of that uh, okay. story. No, I totally, I totally get it. Um, and then these two are... I, I, I said the fall of the bloodline slash Jay Uso elevated because uh, I, I guess I went a little more uh, targeted, but, you know, Roman Reigns hasn't really suffered from it. And, uh, though Jay is kind of in a weird spot, they also have an actual main event player that they did not have previously, which I think they needed at least a, they needed a fresh body in there at some juncture. And, uh, it, 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 I'm more than happy for Jay to be in that spot. Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, and then kind of tied up in the uh, Bloodline storyline also because I think it affected everything uh, after WrestleMania here. And for quite a long while, Cody Rhodes loses at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about how, how many times on the podcast we're like, oh my God, he should not have lost at WrestleMania. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know, I guess that kind of leapfrogs a little bit back to my number five too with the WWE sale because, uh, hey, WrestleMania was before that sale officially took place, and uh, there were some questionable decisions around that time frame that seemed to have Vince McMahon's name written all over it. Yeah, 
so, so your number one storyline of the year is like, is, is like those years when Time, Time Magazine gives some evil person their man of the year because it's the most talked about. Uh, well, I guess uh, because that was that was just number two. Uh, oh, that was number two. I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, Co- count there. Cody loses at WrestleMania was two just because it it, it did really uh, change a, a lot of things uh, with how the stories were going there. Uh, yeah. Number one, again, uh, admittedly very liberal uh, in my uh, application of storyline here, uh, CM Punk versus AEW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I feel like there was dissension there before the locker room fight, after the locker room fight. <laughs> Uh, it was a story that really uh, dominated a lot of this year and also obviously led to the culmination of CM Punk finding his way back to the WWE. No, no. It, it was an incredible, incredible turn of events <laughs> that has led us to where we are right now. Yes, uh, with uh, WWE, CM Punk back in WWE, WWE seemingly on top of the world at AEW. Left questioning whether or not they're going to be they're even going to be on on, on their current television network in a year. I mean it's it, it, it's been an, it's been incredible. You know, it's had, you know the dominoes falling from all of this and from everything that happened dating back to really before the brawl at, at the oh. before brawl out. And <clears throat> the fact that there were people. Because Chris Jericho decided to drunk tweet at four o'clock in the morning on Christmas and got into it with CM Punk's lawyer, <laughs> there are now people relitigating this whole thing, wrestling fans, on Christmas fucking day. <laughs> it happened sixteen months ago. Uh, yep, uh, I that that was one of those things, and I'm like, this is really. This is taking up some serious wrestling bandwidth. This <laughs> this year's yeah, story. Yeah, no, this, this whole thing has it. So there's so many layers to it. We've talked about it so much, and there still seems to be so much to talk about. Even like you're getting tired of talking about it. It's led to so many uh, yeah. different things. Oh man! Uh, I mean, and, and as we go on along our lists, I imagine there's a lot less positive things for AEW on the list this year than there would have been any year pre- previous that it, previous since AEW started. Uh, oh. I, was, I, was, I was struggling for AEW inclusion on, on a number of them. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I found something for AEW for everyone because oh. it, it, it has been an individual individuals have shown through the yes. problems that uh, that they've had although you know again like if we're talking fives it was much easier to do uh at least three of a wwe story slash match slash wrestler than it was aew yeah. You know, and uh, what we said, tag team would uh, lead off uh, number two here. Well, well, well we, we, we've still got Jeremy's picks. Oh, <laughs> I, I, we will have it in front of us. Which, which one of us wants to do it? <laughs> uh, 
Oh, storyline. Okay. Yeah. I again, he was uh pretty much uh pretty similar here. So we'll knock off Bloodline and Judgment Day <laughs> slash Dominic becoming a good wrestler is the big update on that one. And uh, I can't disagree with him on that one. That's that's a solid uh solid note to put on the uh on the Judgment Day gimmick too. That uh that Dominic Mysterio is actually holding his own these days. Um, and then what? We got Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes. You know, this ended up turning out better than I expected. You know, the biggest complaint I ever had is I was feeling like, really, sh- shouldn't the title be on the at stake when, when they're when these two are wrestling each other? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Otherwise, no. I mean, it was a gr- it was a if there's such a thing as a great follow-up to Cody losing, it, this was it. You know, no. you know a three-match a, a three series, you know, Cody Rhodes. You know, if there were any questioning that Cody was right, the right guy to beat Roman Reigns or you're questioning Cody Rhodes' toughness or anything, you know, you know or his consistency or his ability to recuperate from a loss, you know, this proved... One hundred percent that Cody's the guy. It, 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 no. it really did, you know. You know, it, 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 it was a tremendous, tremendous feud, and, and uh, I, I don't know what I call it old school feud, but it definitely was just of everything that we've talked about. It's probably the most traditional feud that, that we've that, that we've talked about in, in terms of storylines. Uh, yeah. Yeah, babyface kind of gets by on the skin of his teeth. First match, heel dominates second match. And, you know, everyone questions babyface heading into match three. Yeah. And he wins that definitively. Yep. That was good. It was was really good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, unlike uh, unlike you here, uh, Jeremy had on the list Swerve versus Adam Page uh, as far as the uh, storyline went. And uh, I I, I, I absolutely see it. Yeah, it was. It's probably the highlight of the the last half of the year for AEW. Um, You know, some intense, some good intensity there. I mean, I mean, I thought maybe the skit in the house got, got got a little hokey, and then. I, I was questioning me personally. I was questioning like Hank, the, the love that you know Hank wasn't showing enough anger at first. After that, but then you know they really in the last week or so really got some great promos on each other, and of course had what was probably AEW's match of the year at, at, at no. full gear. So <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that, that uh, may or may not appear on uh, on my list. So. <laughs> Um, okay, well, that's, uh, that's Jeremy's, uh, three, well, what, four? He doesn't follow, he he doesn't follow rules, he, and he doesn't doesn't. read. (laughs) So. Yeah, so let's go with, uh, Tag Team of the Year. Um, okay, this is one where, uh, as discussed on chat earlier, (laughs) this was probably the hardest category. Uh, uh, of all of them to uh, to pick, but I still came up with five uh, that I felt like were uh, worth mentioning. Uh, number five, uh, starting bottom to top here, Tony D and Stax, the family, 
the fact that there was an entire storyline based around Tony D being in jail and uh, they kept someone on TV for like four months without him clearly being able to wrestle, uh, I thought was uh, pretty impressive. And plus, the, what, I think they won the tag team championships twice this year uh, in NXT. So uh, they've uh, they've had a pretty good year uh, this year. Uh, in a uh, somewhat similar vein here, uh, the Creeds uh, just got called up to uh, the main roster. Uh, they are my number four. It's almost more, they're almost more on potential completely than anything else. Uh, but yeah, like, I feel like everyone that records this podcast kind of sees it. The WWE seems to see it. I mean, they've had everyone hyping those guys up. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll just see when, uh, when it becomes time for them to, uh, deliver here. Cause, uh, I, I don't think it's that far away. Uh, number three, uh, two people that, uh, were non-factors, uh, for large, uh, large portions of their career in the WWE, but seem to have found their footing, even if they have, uh, lost their tag team championships recently. Uh, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven, uh, I felt like, uh, this was a good spot to, uh, give them some props. Uh, I felt like they turned what was, uh, cause what was it? I'm trying to think of who she lost to injury. Sonia. Oh, Sonia, uh, is her tag team partner. <laughs> and then... They have Piper come in. Piper ends up getting injured alibite for a much shorter time frame, uh, um, which threw things off. But they ended up kind of pulling the gimmick together. They seem to kind of fit with each other. Uh, so I kind of, yeah, I felt like they were uh, worthy of inclusion in this list. Like, No, interesting choice. I, 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 see, I see where you're coming from. I, I, not on my list, but, 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 but I see it. Good pick. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I, both of them, I, I guess I just felt like Chelsea had her injury problems her first go around. Uh, they have really let her chew up some scenery, too. Like, they have given her a lot of camera time, and that is uh, somewhat uh, unexpected. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good on them. Uh, number two on my tag team list, uh, FTR. Uh, I think that, uh, this was kind of the easy part to me. The top two were the easy part. Uh, we have kind of made fun of, uh, FTR a lot for not getting the big win. They finally were given the big wins this year. They were. You know, so... It's hard to hard to argue with them being uh, number two on this list, and to me, this is a, a shoe in for number one, in my opinion. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, uh, they main event night one of WrestleMania against the Usos this year. Uh, you know what more else can you say about uh, about that situation? Like they were super over. When we went to 
Payback? Yeah, Payback. Yeah, payback. Uh, they had another banger match there. Like, they, to me, uh, that was maybe the one thing that was lacking for FTR. Is that they might have had some good matches. I'm not remembering uh, them having as good of matches as Owens and Zayn did against uh, the Usos. Yeah. So. Yeah, for me, uh, tag team of the year for number five, I actually put Alpha Academy. I feel oh. like you know they're consistently entertaining. Uh, you know the matches are solid. You know the entertainment values there. The addition of Maxine Dupree was uh, ended up being a very good, uh, very a, a, a very good addition. Not as high on the Tazawa because it's because that's when it, it's now been total comedy and yeah. low card stuff. Uh, you know, since the loss, since Gable's lost to Gunther, they've fallen off some, but still, once again, oh. they're still consistently entertaining. They, you know, they, they, you know, they, they've risen above some of the material, particularly in NXT. Yeah, uh, number four for me, because they've been champions for quite a while now, or at least they've been champions, you know, off and on. You know, they lost them once, got them back. We lost them twice. Lost them once, got it back. And yeah, uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor. I think that oh. they, they've had a good year as a team. Yeah, uh, not maybe not the strongest, but they because the Judgment Day is so heavily pushed on Raw, it has kept the tag team championships in, in in a prominent position that they likely will not be once this reign comes to an end. And then number three for me, number my number three was FTR actually. Um, okay. Yeah, once again, really good matches throughout the year. They did have those the two matches with uh, with Jay White and, and and Juice Robinson that were excellent. Uh-oh. Uh oh. On, on, on a collision, it's so yeah. tough because there's so many really good matches on TV nowadays, and you know they they, they just don't live in your, in your head as long as much as a pay per view match does. So it's and when it came to yeah. the pay per view matches, the Wembley match with the Young Bucks was a disappointment. Uh, in, in, in my eyes, if that had been an all-time classic band, maybe they would have finished higher. But I think three is a good place for FDR because we can forget the Usos stayed a tag team for the majority of the year still. <laughs> they had big matches. They had really good matches. Yeah. Sammy, I wouldn't say the match with Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa was, was that good. It was just really long. It had a lot of rust holds in them, especially when Solo was on, was on offense. No. But but once again, it was an important match with a with, with a with a major finish. You know, they were heavily involved in you know all the top stuff th- throughout the year. So I, I think they they still comfortably at number two, even if they never team again. And then number one, I completely agree with you about Kevin and Sammy. You know, their story of getting back together was really well done. Once they were back together, they they, they had. You know, I don't think they had. I don't think they had a single bad match the, the whole time they were the, the whole time they were a team. The stuff with. Usos, the stuff with you know the one match with Roman and Solo that had once again twice a tag team championship match headlined a pay per view because because of them. No, oh. and then <laughs> yeah, even though it wasn't the the final main event of Payback, their match with uh, with with Priest and Finn was you know absolutely tremendous. Yep. It, you know, and it was essentially the, the most important thing that happened that night was the tag team championships changing hands. So once again, uh, Kevin and Sammy 
you know, raised the profile of the W Tag Team ch- Championships higher than anyone ever has. So why on earth wouldn't they be? <laughs> and for Tag Team of the Year, our good friend Jeremy Mays pretty much only put Kevin and Sammy because I so assume he agrees with, with both of our points. With all of our points. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like Kevin and Sammy and FTR is the list and if you pick any other three like it's hard to hard to complain there you no, know? no 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 one through three was was the easiest i know you once again you on your list you, you weren't thinking about the usos being together probably through, through still through most of the year but it's, you, you, you really good. You, you, it's again i'm glad your list is different than mine in a lot of ways because otherwise this would be really boring <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, am occasionally out of the box, uh, as far as, uh, thinking about things, so, uh, yeah, okay, so, category two down, uh, you get to kick off category three, I believe we, uh, decided we'd uh, hit best pay-per-views, or premium live events, uh, as I'll the case use, may I'll be. I'll never use that, but okay, yeah, I guess, I guess interchangeably, yes. Uh, number five for me was uh, Survivor Series. Not as strong. There maybe there were other shows that I could put over it, but the last ten minutes of Survivor Series was probably the most exciting wrestling has been in over twenty years. <laughs> so it it, it 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 scores high. The, the two War Games matches were were both very good. Uh, Miz and Gunther was was really good. So yeah, I, I definitely uh, you know I think Survivor Series earns its place at five. Number four, after a not very good Royal Rumble in 2022, a rebound in 2023. Uh, nope. The men's Royal Rumble especially was was tremendous with the all-time performance from Gunther. Literally, the, the all-time record performance from Gunther and some really good <laughs> moments, you know, sprinkled in throughout the Rumble. It really was, yeah, women's Rumble also was very was very well put together. You know, the stuff with, you know, closing with Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens was an interesting choice, but it was a good match and did feature the Post-match antics with with, with Sami Zayn finally, finally finally you know turning against Roman Reigns and and setting us on our our path to WrestleMania. So once again, the Royal Rumble was a really good show and it did what it was supposed to do. It set the table for WrestleMania. Speaking of WrestleMania, WrestleMania I put WrestleMania Night Two at three. Okay. <laughs> I so yeah, it, 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 excellent sh- ex- excellent show. Some some really good matches on it a lot of fun but wrestlemania night one i thought was the superior show as far as how it was laid out uh the, the overall quality of of, of of the matches now i don't want to talk specific matches because uh, you know uh, 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 the notable matches all ended up on my match of the year list so too much specifics uh what comes to wrestlemania <clears throat> wrestlemania but number one for me uh, was backlash. There really wasn't a match of the year candidate, in my opinion. We'll, 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 we'll get there later. <laughs> Somebody else's, but the, the whole Bad Bunny thing, you know, you know, excellent, you know, celebrity match by by, by any standard. Oh. Uh, the, 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 the molten hot crowd, you know, unlike <laughs> anything we may we may have seen in, in 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 some time, if ever, you know, throughout the night, you know, you know. Some, uh, you know, really good Brock Cody match, <clears throat> their first match against each other. You know, <clears throat> then um, you had <clears throat> a, a, a probably forgotten gem of, of, of Bianca and Io in 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 the opener. Uh, They've wrestled each other multiple times since, but <clears throat> yeah. they have not really reached the height of, of of that match. 
uh, that they had in the opener of Backlash. So yeah, no, for for for, for atmosphere and and just the, the great vibe from the show, the the crowd heat, and 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 the incredible moment with Bad Bunny. Yeah, Backlash gets uh, my pick for number one. Uh, fair enough. Uh, I we have a. Uh... A lot of WWE stuff in common here. Yes, I only, I only, I only actually, I only actually bought two AEW pay-per-views this year, and uh, neither of those were, 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 were on my list of favorites. Uh, you know, uh, I, I guess I'll get to that here. Uh, I, at number five, I'm listing uh, AEW Full Gear. Did not get this show, but. After ending up watching Swerve versus Hangman uh, earlier today, and factoring in some of the other results that um, will come to light here later, also as far as uh, what Kevin liked for the year, uh, Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm was a big match uh, in in a lot of respects. And, um, you know, MJF has gotten into some weird stuff, but he still at least had a solid build against, uh, Jay White. Even if it never made any sense why Jay White continued to hold on to the championship belt when he should have been forced to give it up. But, you know, that, uh, that is something of, uh, of a quibble there. So I went with uh full gear is my, uh, is my number five, uh, Royal rumble, uh, ends up coming in at the same exact spot as yours. Number four, uh, many of the, many of the reasons that, uh, that you listed in this one, uh, again, I, this is more for the resonance uh, to me that I felt like it should make the list. Uh, maybe I should have bumped the rumble up to number three, but AEW all in, uh, it did have the largest gate of any, uh, wrestling show. So, um, you know, there's something to be said for that. I do not particularly think that it was the best pay-per-view by any stretch of the imagination, uh, was quite disappointed. I, and I think we talked about that on, on this very podcast at some juncture here. So, but again, feels like it's worth, uh, worth inclusion because it, it, it was a big deal. Um, so, uh, AEW all in backlash, uh, on my list at number two. Uh, again, many of the same reasons that, uh, you listed another one that happened there, uh, Zelina Vega versus Rhea Ripley also, uh, because of her, uh, Puerto Rican descent also got a very, very large pop that night. There was, uh, just a, uh, a slew of things that happened that night. Uh, and uh, like you said, probably the best crowd of the year. Oh yeah, definitely. So uh, hard to uh, hard to argue with uh, putting backlash on the list, and uh, to me, uh, WrestleMania 39 Night One was uh, the best uh, premium live event of the year here this uh, this calendar year. Uh, the the tag team match was hot. 
and I guess we've kind of talked about it a little bit. It's been kind of funny that uh, at least the last couple of years, it seems like night one has done better than night two. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because uh, you still think it, that we're still thinking of WrestleMania as a one night experience. So maybe we're coming off a little bit more of a high the first night. Uh, or if uh, it just really just happens to be better. So, uh, yeah, WrestleMania night one was my, uh, my top pick. So yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of similar picks there, especially in the WWE there. I just, uh, yeah, kind of felt like a couple of AEW ones can, uh, can get snuck on that list there. Um, what did, uh, yeah, again, <laughs> Not too surprising, uh, Jeremy also had Backlash and WrestleMania Night 1 on his list. And because he only went to three, and uh, we've really honestly already talked about it, uh, Payback had a, a, a number of good matches. I do think that uh, the main event was maybe a bit lackluster, uh, but... You know, I could see that uh, getting onto a uh, top five list. I have no problems with that. It was a very good uh, premium live event. So, yeah, no, no, it, 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 it really was. I think maybe, maybe I even underrated it. You know, even though I, even though I was there, um, although one match for Payback didn't make my top five for match of the year that, 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 that I will talk about. So once again, there, there were definitely two excellent matches. You know. Seeing you know John Cena show, coming on the show with like a day's notice was was good. This was was nice. It was a, it was a, it was a nice bonus. And yeah, no, it was a, for a B show that Roman Reigns wasn't on and Brock Lesnar wasn't on. It, it, it was a fun show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very uh, very quality pay, uh, yeah ple there. Um. Am I kicking off uh, best uh, women's uh, wrestlers of the year? Then, yes, 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 you are. Um, okay, this is uh, again uh, definitely played into the category uh, down below here. Um, coming in at number five for me, Hikaru Shida. I uh, I really really like. Uh, her style, I feel like she has adapted a bit more to the uh, American style of wrestling and brought it, you know, but not lost her Japanese sense of being. Uh, so I really, and she kind of finally got some image rehab after really having a lot of problems uh, in her earlier runs. Um... Still think it's a little bit of a bummer that she, in some ways, lost to Tony Storm. But Tony Storm has really been a uh, a really really fun character for AEW in this later half of the year. So um, we will uh, <laughs> leave that there. Uh, number four, uh, Io Sky. She has not had the best run as champion, in my opinion. Uh, but she also has been champion since, uh, cause did she cash in that night? No, SummerSlam. Oh yeah. She can So yeah. So what? Yeah. I guess she's had the longest, maybe the longest run. 
Now, Bianca would have been on a longer run heading into WrestleMania, I would imagine. Bianca, had, Bianca held the title for over a year. She lost it to Asuka in, I think, May. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess Io's had the belt long enough. I feel like they've started to establish her a little bit better. Uh, so I wanted to uh, get her uh, onto, onto the list here at, uh, at number four. Uh, number three, Tony Storm. The timeless one, his... Uh, you know, just really enjoy the, uh, the gimmick and what's, it's one of those things that I, I guess we've complained a lot about, uh, AEW not having enough characters and, uh, this is a real character that they have and I, uh, I enjoy it quite, uh, quite a bit. So, uh, let's, let's just say that, uh, maybe AEW, uh, did not get as much love in the uh, men's category, but uh, the women, I feel like a couple of them have had uh, some, some very good year here. Uh, coming in at number two, uh, Oscar. I think that she's on that list of, she's kind of gotten some rehab this year as far as being dangerous and being the empress of tomorrow uh yeah and weirdly enough even her inclusion in damage control hasn't completely cut off her uh i feel like the interest she's drummed up in herself this year like i i i feel like she's just done a a a really really good job uh you know yeah she she had some lackluster championship runs uh, you know, over the years, and maybe it's partially because Becky kind of gave her a championship the one time, so that kind of felt lame ducky uh, when it happened, and she's just had some shorter runs in general here, too. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that Asuka is a, is a good number two. Number one... <clears throat> the WWE has gone out of their way to hold off uh, Becky Lynch versus uh, one Rhea Ripley. And uh, for that, uh, all of the dancing that they have done for Rhea Ripley this year, uh, you know, she has been involved in men's storylines. She's been involved in women. Honestly, she's arguably a better character than she is a women's champion. Uh, and I, I, I would not be, yeah, I actually could make that argument pretty easily, quite frankly, but still, even she has been the biggest women's character in the WWE. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I could definitely see Bianca did it before WrestleMania, but with Bianca taking off some time after WrestleMania, uh, she lost a little bit of steam. Uh, so, yeah. And a little bit of polish for an overall, like, best of the year. So, yeah, Rhea Ripley, uh, number one. Uh, what uh, what does your lo- list look like there, sir? Uh, my list has like, list a couple of similars to you. Um, number five for me was uh, Bianca Belair. I mean, well, I, she had a good year in 2023. No. If we did this in 2022, she would have been number one with a bullet. Uh, you know, oh, yes. She, she actually had an absolutely ter- terrific uh, 
2022, 2023, she had some, she, she had a layoff. She was uh, not featured as strongly. Some of the matches were, were, were a little, were, were a little on the disappointing side, uh, un, unfortunately. Um, but still, still a good year. She's still, you know, she's still a, a major star. She's still the person in like almost all of their, oh. their, their, their internal commercials or their, their sponsor ads that they have. She's like in all of them. <laughs> you know, she's, she's definitely still featured, figured in, still heavily featured. Number four for me, Bailey. In uh, a lot of ways, Bailey has been the glue that has held the WWE women's, women's division together. In the beginning of the year, uh, on, on Raw, and then through the, through, through the rest of the year at post-WrestleMania, on SmackDown, she has been, you know, in the middle of everything. Um, and, you know, some of the matches haven't been the best because she's been, you know, lose, she's lost quite a few matches. Some of her matches weren't, you know, designed to be like that, you know, a, a five-star classic or anything. But no. the work she's put in, in in this year may very well be setting her up for a, for a number one run next year, if everything no. works out the way it, it, it very well could. Number three, Io Sky. I, I put Io at number three. She's had a very good year. Um, you know, she's the current champion. Uh, you know, so once again, sometimes it maybe maybe it feels like the damage control storyline you know swallows that up, and it, but it, it really doesn't. You know, she's She's really come into her own more lately. You know, she's now she's you know the centerpiece focus of da- of, of damage control, hmm. and you know, she's had really good matches. No, it's it's been really it's been a, a great 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 run for her. Uh, number two for me, Becky Lynch. I don't think yeah. anyone any 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 woman wrestler consistently had the, the quality of matches that Becky Lynch had uh, from early oh. in the year. The stuff with damage control, the one one match finale, the tag matches, the the matches. She had with Trish Stratus the stuff where the NXT Women's, Ch- Women's Championship stuff with Stephanie Stratton and Leah Vicaria and, and others. You know, being that one person who will actually from the main roster who will actually go to who will actually go to NXT and do a clean job is with no ego is you know speaks to the kind of person she is. Yeah, I mean she had you know she she's had a tremendous year, and if it was based on work rate alone, she would have been number one. Oh. But it's not. Yeah. And number one for me is Rhea Ripley. This has simply been her year. She has been one of the most featured characters in all of WWE, multiple segments every week. For a time, she was on both Raw and SmackDown you know, in, in, in featured spots. Less so on SmackDown lately, although they do still have the tag team championships, which does allow them to make appearances on SmackDown, and she sometimes does still go, go with them. You know, once again... The quality of her matches, other than the Charlotte Flair match at WrestleMania, like a little more on the questionable side. You know, some really short matches in there. Some matches where where the you know <coughs> matches where the where, where where the decision was certainly not in doubt, a foregone conclusion. Pretty much every match she's had since WrestleMania has been a foregone conclusion. So that maybe hurts a little bit. But I put her at number one because she's real fucking wet. Uh yeah, we we both said it. Like the biggest thing was is her um yeah, just her presence everywhere. Like it I mean, I guess it was kind of wild that uh in the aforementioned uh backlash there, uh she was the one that uh and you you mentioned it. It was a no doubter. Her match with uh Zelina Vega was a no doubter. 
you know, they gave some nice hope spots to Zelina so that they could really get the crowd pulled into that one. But yeah, we knew what was happening. We knew Rhea Ripley was winning that match. Right, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. And our, I am Jeremy Mays. He was a top three that was put Tony Storm at three, Bianca Belair at two, and Rhea Ripley at one. I think for a lot of the reasons we've already laid out for, for, for all those women to, to, to score highly on anyone's list. So yeah. we can, I believe, I believe we can move on. Uh, yeah. To, to uh, male wrestler of the year. And the way we've been doing this, I will start. So we have my number five. I put uh, Cody Rhodes because work rate isn't everything. Although from a, from a ring work standpoint, he had a very good year. Oh. Uh, you know, the, the Roman Reigns match was, was tremendous. Um, uh, the, the Brock Lesnar matches were, were, were good. His performances you know, in tag team wrestling later in the year were good. Yeah, just an overall good performer. And you know, just what can you say about someone who's that over with the crowd? Who, 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 who has you know, the crowd that much in the palm of his hand? Uh, yeah, he just asks what uh, what you want to talk about, and people are there for it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, like what more can you really say? Like he comes out, everyone pays attention, and then he leaves. You yeah. know, like he he doesn't seem to overstay his welcome more times than not. He always has the crowd's attention. Like, yeah. Can't ask for anything more from pretty much your top baby face. Yeah, then number four for me was uh, Seth Rollins. You know, always, you know, always good matches. Maybe some of them, you know, don't hit too, too much of an emotional high, which is what keeps him at four for me. But again, you know, Seth will always give you a very solid, very good match. Uh, very over guy. Also, also very over, even if some, some people don't, uh, you know, don't don't are exactly huge fans of the act, but it's a, it's 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 an act that's over with the majority of the people who attend the crowds, who attend the shows week after week. So you gotta give him that. And once again, he's always a, a very very good to great wrestler. Number three for me, uh, Brian Danielson. You know, when, oh. he, when we were looking for those highlights of AEW throughout the year, um, Brian Danielson, when he's been active and healthy and relatively healthy. Although I don't, I don't know if he'll ever be completely healthy again. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. always gives you 100%. You know, some tremendous matches this year. An hour-long match with MJF to to a brutal strap match with Ricky Starks to all the matches he's had in the Continental Classic. Yeah, just a, just a, you know, maybe the most consistent, you know, in-ring performer in the history of wrestling, <laughs> in, in all honesty. There's an argument for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been wild what he's uh, what he's been able to accomplish. It, and number two was a, oh, go ahead, please, please, please. no. I was just gonna say that uh, he was someone that uh, the male wrestler of the year might have been the hardest category to whittle down for yeah. me. And he got left off my list, but I yeah, Brian Danielson was. Uh, he was great. Then number two, in a very similar vein, but also very different, uh, Orange Cassidy. The weekly highlight of AEW TV for six months or more, really. His international title defenses you know, were you know, 
just you know the, the highlight of the show. I mean, and once again, what maybe keeps them from being number one is there's not one of those matches that I remember more than any of them, or more two that I remember more than any of those. But it's just this consistently great performances every single week, defining a, a, a championship that really had no business people caring caring about at all. <laughs> but he made people care about that international championship. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fallen off some since he's not doing the defenses every week anymore in, the, in, in, in his second reign. And it got clunky with Moxley beating him. But then Moxley losing a match he wasn't supposed to, <laughs> to, to lose to Phoenix. And then Orange Cassidy winning the title back from Phoenix. And then finally Orange Cassidy successfully, successfully defending the belt against Moxley in a rematch. It would be a lot have been a lot better. Like we've said this before. Yeah. If it had gone from from from, Mach, from OC to Moxley back to back to Orange Cassidy. <laughs> yeah. That's not the way it happened. And, and once again, they're, in the second reign, they're they're not really letting him you know, wrestle seemingly every week in, in in featured matches. So that's. But once again, he, my number two wrestler of the year, without a doubt. And then number one, Gunther. What can you say? You know, an all-time <laughs> performance in the Royal Rumble, um, an incredible match at a match at WrestleMania. You know, really good to great matches throughout the year on on TV, pay-per-views, and TV. You know, just carrying himself like like a star, like 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 a, you know like an Intercontinental Champion should. You know, making the Intercontinental Title you know important. Uh, towards the end of the year, I thought I still think that he was just messing too much in in, in the undercard and, and, and not no. you know up on the upper echelon where he, where he belonged. But he belongs there because he's just so damn great. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, not a lot of commonalities uh, on our list. Uh, but uh, number one uh, is uh, is an identical match. So, and also on Jeremy Mays' list as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, just to add on with the Gunther stuff, uh, yeah, because the TV match with Gable was great. The TV ma- the TV matches with The Miz very recently have been great. Yes. And uh, I just feel like, uh, and I think I kind of mentioned it about his uh, Miz stuff recently where he's kind of found a nice in-between speed where he defends the championship often enough, but he also doesn't like come out and do the dumb baby face bravado. I'm going to wrestle every match or every week shenanigans. And I, I think yeah. it helps. It helps keep his a, it keeps his character on TV but then, B, it doesn't wear out his welcome in the ring either. So, like, he's had as nice a balance as anyone has had uh, this year, uh, in my opinion, in that department. Like, he, like you said, like, he's had a lot of great matches, but he's also had weeks where he's just chewing out Imperium and, <laughs> you know, not really doing a whole lot of anything in the ring, which is great. Like, you know... That means they're kind of getting his character over. So uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of great stuff out of uh, Gunther. Uh, number five on my list. So uh, 
since uh, we're, we'll, we'll talk about not similarities here. Uh, again, just because he was talked about so much and because it definitely feels like he could be slated for a uh, WrestleMania night one main event here. CM Punk uh, comes in at my number five. Uh, more for newsworthiness than for in-ring work. Because, uh, yeah, not a lot of great matches to hang his hat on this year. You know, because I don't feel like... Yeah, because well, oh, all in was him and Samoa Joe. And that was fine. Uh, and, yeah, he hasn't really had a whole lot to do in the WWE itself. He has Seth Rollins coming up, though, more than likely at WrestleMania from the way things are already preliminarily laying out. So CM Punk, uh, to me, gets a nod. Uh, like I said, a lot of, a lot of newsworthiness stuff uh, around that man and not necessarily uh, quality of in-ring work. Um, <clears throat> in a different light, uh, you had Brian Danielson on your list. Uh, I really feel like Swerve Strickland, uh, at the last, definitely the last six months of this year, has really turned it on. And we've talked so, like, it feels like ad nauseum about how many of the WWE guys were like, Oh, I don't know why they fumbled the ball on this guy. I don't know why they fumbled the ball on that guy. And a lot of those people have not managed to get themselves over any more than they did uh, in the WWE. You know, and Swerve has risen above that. And uh, to me, that is to be admired. Um Absolutely. I'm, I'm a little worried about Swerve, you know, coming off the big win for Hangman, being put in this Continental Classic. It doesn't look like he's going to, I don't think he's going to win. And then, and now they've got Keith Lee sniffing around him. Like, Keith Lee just feels so dead in the water. It, it's it's going to diminish Swerve. But no, you're right. Swerve, it has nothing to do with Swerve's performances and how he has made himself a, a, a main man in AEW. And it, if, if it doesn't, if he's not an AEW champion in 2024, it's not his fault. It's Tony Khan's fault. <laughs> Uh yeah yeah he 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 has really been crushing it here recently. Um, for uh different uh, reasons here, uh, number three uh, talked about him a little bit earlier. The fact that uh, main event Jey Uso has gone from a uh, moniker to an actuality uh, this year, I uh, I love that. He got the crowd doing the bounce there, uh, heading into the tribal combat match, which is then carried over to his entrance all the time now. And uh, to me, anytime you get the crowd involved, that is uh, that is a great way to go. Uh, so Jey Uso uh, slides in at, uh, at number three. Um, another guy that... I kind of looked back at uh, some of the NXT uh, premium live events here, and uh, Ilya Dragunov did not have the uh, a great start of the year necessarily, but he's another guy where he's had multiple great matches on their PLEs, 
Uh, he's had him against, uh, uh, well, Baron Corbin most recently, and uh, before a couple against Carmelo Hayes. Uh, I, well, yeah, we'll we'll find out which ones I favored later. Uh, <laughs> as far as uh, the matchup between those two guys went. And uh yeah, he's just had a lot of really really fun uh fun matchups uh this year. He he has. And I probably went for the purposes of these lists underrated NXT 2.5 <laughs> because I, just, I was I went through that such a period where I just wasn't enjoying it, wasn't really watching it and then as the year went on, well, especially especially after, you know, Becky Lynch, it was was on week weekly, you know, I've gotten back into it, so yeah, you know, Dragonoff is probably someone I, I slept on as far as breaking him any anywhere in the top five. But yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Ted. I know this is supposed to be your your job, but you and Jeremy's one and two is the same. Uh oh, <laughs> uh yeah, it's been kind of interesting. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, uh, he got his big win this year, and. I guess I'm trying to figure out maybe what made me not pick him, you know, as we're talking about it. There's something, it's it's becoming more and more apparent that Trick Williams probably has more potential on the main roster from a number of different perspectives, from charisma to height to, you know, to everything like that. I was not impressed by... Carmelo's performance against Kevin Owens at all. I thought he very he sold the stunner in a very stupid way. <laughs> no. Yeah. So once again, I, I I have my concerns about Carmelo on 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 the main roster. And once again, as as Trick, you know, has has gotten more and more featured and shown more and more of his work and personality, you can start to see that you know that's the guy who probably has the has the bigger potential. Uh. Yep. Uh, even in the uh, even in the Triple H WWE uh, size does matter. Um, <laughs> you know, see Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, who uh, can't uh, can't quite uh, find their way on the main roster, even af- months uh, after Triple H really uh, taking charge here. Um, and then, and then well. Jeremy's number three was also Orange Cassidy, who I, no. I heaped all the praise in the world on her as well. And I know Jeremy agrees with 100% and probably uh, likes, may even love, love Orange Cassidy more than I do. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was one where I don't know why I didn't think about him uh, more than I did. Because Jeremy and I did talk about him quite a bit during the year. And uh, yeah, like you said, like... He had, especially the front half of the, and, and maybe it is, uh, you you mentioned it, the the back half of the year hasn't been as great because of how the gimmick is set up, uh, or, you know, how that storyline played out with Mox re-getting the championship back from Moxley, or from Phoenix as it ended up uh, being. So, uh Yeah. It's kind of uh, he 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 really did a great job this year. Really like Orange Cassidy a lot. Okay, and now we are to our final category, 
and because in, in terms of wrestling, I do feel like uh, match of the year is more of that like intrinsic thing that uh, you know that that wrestlers strive for throughout the year. So I decide why 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 would we I think we ultimately decided to put that as our as the most important care category in our fi- in, in our final category. Kevin, run down your top five. Uh, okay. Uh, again, ended up, uh, with a 3-2 split here as far as WWE to AEW goes. Uh, starting off the list here, uh, I remember it probably went a hair too long in my opinion, which is probably why it's number five, but really, really enjoyed Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Uh, might have been, uh, yeah, that overrun probably held it back from being my favorite AEW match of the year. Yes, yes. And in many ways, it was the most polarizing match of the year due to that fact, because they they hit a a fever pitch, and then went up about another 10 minutes at least. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I mean, I think you could have pulled me in for another five minutes, but the extra 10-minute part was really what the... What ended up, uh, yeah, maybe taking away from it a little bit, and uh, not not putting it a little little higher up there. Uh, number four, uh, I went uh, with the uh, WrestleMania match here: Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. Uh, yeah, just the the crowd was super hot. Uh, I know that uh, we'll we'll probably get to Jeremy's list later, but uh, the payback match maybe could have taken over as far as uh, quality Zayn and Owens matches for the year went. Uh, but yeah, I really like this one kind of got things kicked off as far as them being uh, not that it's much of a surprise, but them being great, ta- uh, you know, a great tag team. Uh, so yeah, that, that was my number four. Number three, uh, Ilya Dragunov versus Carmelo Hayes at, uh, No Mercy. It was the, uh, second of the matchups. I thought the first one was good. It had the storyline going with, uh, Trick Williams kind of, not kind of, uh, accidentally whacking Dragunov with the championship. Uh, this one, uh, Trick was not at ringside, and Dragunov ends up winning. So yeah, that was uh, that was my number three for the year. Uh, I thought that that was a, a tremendous match. Number two, uh, I am uh, really really glad I got a chance to watch it. Um, I definitely liked uh, you kind of mentioned earlier Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. In a strictly match sense, I really, yeah, if you're going to have a gore fest, I felt like there was ample reason. There are so many times in AEW where they just don't have reason for having this level of match. Just busting out the thumbtacks for funsies. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I kind of felt like you kind of talked about it a little bit when we were talking about Moxley and Paige in their Texas death match. Yeah, I got the the vibe that you were talking about, about two two guys are just kind of badasses and they just want to kind of do whatever they want. 
to me, this one was the match that really had the storyline going into it. Even though it got a little hokey with the whole crib scene and everything, there was real reason for Adam Page to hate Swerve. And Swerve just plays a great evil guy uh, on, on TV. So, yeah, really, uh, that match really stood out to me. Uh, blood drinking and all. Uh, do not do this at home, kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, number one for uh, the year for me, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso in Tribal Combat at SummerSlam. Wow, a lot of people hated that match, and I thought it was boring as hell, but good, but good for you, man. Let's look at your reasoning. Let's go. Um, again, I, I think it, this was the match that got Jey Uso his spot in the main event solidified. I thought it was kind of, I guess I enjoyed the match uh, itself. I thought it was one of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has not had a lot of great matches during this reign. You know, like, it's, or maybe I'm forgetting them because it's been so long. I don't know. <laughs> but I did really, uh, I guess I just uh, enjoyed how everything got set up for this match, uh, how how it got the bloodline. Like, the bloodline kind of was at that stagnant point where they needed something to happen. And it leveraged that into the bloodline being something different. You know, like, after the Cody Rhodes decision was made, like, the bloodline needed something to be fresh. And this kind of delivered that in spades. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't much of a match quality thing. And maybe it's more of a how it managed to get them out of a predicament that uh, maybe Triple H did not want to find himself in. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree. No, no, that's interesting. Good reasoning. All right, for me, my number five, and it could have been replaced with the tag team street fight from the same night, but uh, I really loved Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus from Payback inside of the cage. Oh. I thought it was a, you know excellent, you know, excellent, excellent match. Uh, great cage match. Uh, utilizing the cage, the rules of the cage match very, very well. The, the, the superplex spot was uh, you know, quite the memorable moment. And I, I just love the story of the two of them being left off the SummerSlam card, getting this match, and saying, fuck you, we're going to steal this fucking show. <laughs> and fuck I, think, I think that Matthew has, has carried, Becky over, carried Becky over through her NXT reign, just like, because, you know, Becky was, because at that point, Becky's just firing off the, 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 the quality matches. Uh, number four for me, and it would have been higher with a different finish, uh, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Uh, yeah, that, you know, oh. they had, their match was excellent. Uh, definitely a, a banger on the list for, for Roman Reigns. Went a little long, and all of the interference did, did taint it. You know, because oh. people don't even, people don't even, remember, don't, kind of, don't even remember that. The Usos and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn ran in during the middle of the match while the ref was down. And basically no. did, 
did a Texas tornado, did, a, did like a tornado match right in the middle of, of the main event of WrestleMania, of how long they were in that ring. And, and then, of course, the silly thumb to the throat from, from Solo, and you know, yeah. It, but yeah. it doesn't defeat the, the work that was done earlier. Basically, my, my entire top four is all from, Russell, from, from either night of WrestleMania. Okay. Uh, number three for me, Usos, Kevin and Sammy. You know, great tag match. The, the the peak of tag team wrestling in the history of WWE. Uh, you know, and, and and the big moment for the for, for 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 your baby faces. Number two, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Just an absolute tremendous match between those two. No. Charlotte's best match in years, at the very least. You know, a great match to kick off Rhea's title reign. Uh, and. In the argument for best main roster women's match ever, I I, I I would say. And then number one, something I'm shocked wasn't on either of your lists, Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre from WrestleMania. What a fight. What uh, a fucking match this was. Yeah, that was one, uh, I will admit, uh, that uh, that was under consideration. Uh, maybe could have bumped uh, number five for me, uh, Omega versus Osprey. You know, just because of the aforementioned problems uh, with that match, because the that triple threat match did not overstay its welcome. No, not at all. It was it, it was tremendous. And then finally, let's run down Jeremy's top three. Cody Rose versus Brock Lesnar 3 at 3. You know what? A really, really, really good match. I don't know if I, if I, if I, I don't think I, I, kind of, I didn't like it as much to put it in, 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 in my top 5, but I have to yeah. see the reasoning why. As a, as a, as a blow-off for a feud, the big win for a babyface who needed the big win, it's well done. Once again, as I said, the Judgment Day, Sammy and KO Street Fight from Pittsburgh, narrowly mis-making <laughs> mis my, my, my number 5. In place of a match that was also on that same night. Once again, that was that was one of the most fun matches I've seen live. That that, that match was just a pure enjoyable experience. So I, I get it completely, especially being there live for it. And then match of the year for Jeremy: Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny. What I wasn't thinking along those lines for match of the year for me for for, for me, but once again, it was absolutely it was it was great. It was. Uh, you know, a lot of fun. You know, it's the you know what do I say? The, the Flair Steamboat of, of, of celebrity <laughs> matches, especially a non-athlete celebrity to pull off what Bad Bunny pulled off. Yeah, is is is, is 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 amazing. And that match is a big part of the reason why. You know, even though I put four WrestleMania matches in my top five, I still thought Backlash was my favorite show of the year. Because it was such a fun, easy show to watch compared to two four-hour shows <laughs> in consecutive days. Things got a little rough towards the end. Towards the end of day two, for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that might be a consistent problem moving forward. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 even for the hardest of hardcores, uh, when you're reaching at hour number eight of uh what is supposed to be important wrestling it it gets a little grating on you so yeah um yeah so that wraps up 
our uh, top fives of the year. Uh, Chris and Jeremy might be back for a worst of for the year. I don't know. Jeremy and I, 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 I could get myself ready for it. I, I, I don't know if I can come up with a top five list of worst. We might have to settle that on that one at three. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out when we get there. But <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot. We all know Jeremy Mays is a man with a lot of vitriol inside of him. So that that, that would be. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That one uh, has some interesting potential. Uh, I don't know if Jeremy and I will be doing a podcast, but uh, we have discussed, or at least I have discussed with him, uh, best beers of the year. It's something that uh, I have not written the uh, topic recently in the last uh, three or four years, I would say. Definitely the pandemic killed killed my uh, travel beers category. Uh, that is kind of back in play this year, so I... I do uh, want to uh, talk about some beers at some point, so hopefully that uh, that will happen later this week. Uh, we shall see, uh, because of the nature of uh, some persons not having or being off this week, uh, we uh, might do a couple extra podcasts this week. Uh, listen and find out, uh, and this uh, this one will find itself uh, posted at the uh, the normal time. Uh, bell time beer for this particular show here, uh, drinking, uh, some of the beers that, uh, my older brother got for me, uh, he got me a, uh, four pack from Hardywood Park Craft Brewery. Uh, this one is called Christmas Morning. It's an imperial milk stout with ginger, cinnamon, honey, vanilla, and coffee, uh, the coffee uh, really helps out in this department. Coffee always brings a nice uh, bitterness to uh, any beer, especially a dark beer. I think uh, the last time we were on the show, I can't remember the uh, which one exactly from this same brewery, uh, did not have any coffee in it. It was uh, also an Imperial Milk Stout with... Uh, the honey and vanilla, and it got a little too sweet. This one, I think that the uh, the coffee definitely reined things back in and really, really helped out and made this a uh, tremendous beer. So, uh, should one find themselves in Richmond, Virginia, uh, go and uh, search out Hardywood Park Craft Brewery. They are very, very good. For me, a stout, the sweeter, the chocolatier, the Peanut butterier, the caramelier, the better. I, I, if, if, if they're more, if it's more, if it's more of a coffee taste, I'm, I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> I don't, I, I still don't understand the whole, the need for anything to taste bitter, but, <laughs> which also applies to tra- traditional IPAs. Although I've become a, high, a hazy IPA man. Uh, well, yeah, less bitterness there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, this one, like I said, I think it's more uh, of a counterbalance. It is not too. I've I've definitely had beers that are way too heavy on coffee. I do not drink coffee. Uh, so yeah, not necessarily my favorite flavor on the planet. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this just dial. It, it definitely wasn't heavy, but definitely dialed back to the. Uh, what I thought was uh, maybe a little too much in the uh, in the sweetness department. So, uh, yeah. 
So uh, not necessarily a top five of the year, although I do believe when I was doing the uh, the top five, the written top five list, I was doing November to November each year. Um, so this uh, th- this one would make the 2024 list uh, should it uh, should it find its way there. So okay, uh, grandkids, I'm at Defrango11. He is at Stunt Cali. The brand is at Stunt Granny. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Download us at any other locations like Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Amazon. Have a good night, grandkids. Later.